0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 444. And today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Curley, and I am joined by Brad Doughty. Hi, Brad.
1: Blaze it. Is this a Blaze it number? No, that was
0: like 24 episodes ago.
1: Mmm, 444 is the, like, it should be something. It should so. it should be something really.
0: I, it kind of makes more sense to me than four twenty. But I, I know there's a yeah. there's like a whole thing. I did a whole uh, episode yeah. of ungenius about four twenty. <laughs> and I'd still, and I don't remember why. <laughs>
1: Way to go! Way to go! So yes, how are you, Michael? Good, man. Good, good. Uh, I'm. Good too, I think? Question mark. Um, you know, in the in the general sense, in the in the worldwide sense, I don't know that I'm good, but that's a that's a that's a different podcast. But mm-hmm. um, I wanted to do a quick recap or commentary on last week some feedback from talking about planners and theme system journals and habit tracking like all the feedback was was super great but i was uh i was uh taken aside a bit for my my comments on the habit the my comment about i don't want to track my my water drinking on the the habit tracker Mm -hmm. and that i was like that made me anti-habit tracker, and that is just not the case at all. I am very pro-tracking your water. I just want to do that digitally, right? I don't want to put that in Yeah, I think we said that, that on the show. My, I know, like, I know, but... And, and, and it's know, also,
0: people, these things are different strokes, different folks, right? Like, yes. I expect yes. that there are a lot of people that are like, why do you need to have a habit tracker to make sure that you're a good husband today? It's like Because right. that's just a thing that I need to make sure that I'm paying attention to. And I fully understand that I shouldn't have to have that, but I'm a human being, and sometimes I think about myself too much. And so that's one of the things that I track every day.
1: Yeah, like my things wouldn't work for you, and your things wouldn't work for me. That's Mm -hmm. the beauty of the the whole thing. And I have a habit tracker now (laughs) outside of my theme system journal. I have an actual requirement for some type of daily tracking of a thing multiple times a day, Mike. I am now in active physical therapy for my wrist which means I have to do a set of exercises, five exercises, five different times a day. So it's like it's a it's a it's a big batch of exercises and I have to do those five times a day. So now I have in my just my regular Everyday notebook. I have Tuesday, and it has five boxes in it with little check marks in it. And now I'm on Wednesday, and I have one check mark in it so far. Mm-hmm. So I have, uh, <laughs> I am now tracking, tracking the random things. But it's just a temporary thing. I'll probably have like one page of it. I'll probably have to do this for like six weeks. So I might have more than one page. But anyway, I'm now track, officially. Though. Checking off boxes in like what you would think the, uh, the the water drinking habit tracker would be. So I'm now officially that guy in the span of a week. So there you go. That was a quick turnaround.
0: <laughs> how the turntables.
1: Yes, how the turntables. Speaking of how the turntables, Mike, we're turning it back 40 years to the original Lamy Safari. Have you seen... What Lamy is releasing this year? I want to say for their 40th anniversary, but it's actually now 41 years since the launch of the original Lamy Safari. So, have you checked out Safari Green and Terra Red?
0: Lamy Safari Original Savannah mm-hmm. Green and Terra Red. I don't know what the what is it. I know that these were the original ones. Why are they calling? Do you know why they're calling them original? Is that just like I, the name?
1: I don't and I wonder if that is official marketing or not. Or if so, this is just
0: because we've got all of our information so far from Fontaplumo, who are very reliable with this stuff. They always have yes. this information. But but you're right. Yes. We haven't seen like what are Lami actually calling these yet. We don't know.
1: Yeah, I think this is gonna be the name though. I think they'll just be I don't know if they'll have the original in the title or not. There's they're starting to put up pre-sales on other sites, which means information is now like spreading. Like last Mm. week, it was just on the European sites. Now it's starting to get to the U.S. sites. So I could probably poke around those real quick and see how they list them. Because in general, sites are going to list it exactly as the vendor says to list it but this is a blog post so it could be a little bit of uh freedom in that but um what were you aware of these pins the original colors of the Lamy safari did no. had you had did any concept okay no See, I was, this was the funny
0: thing to me as soon as i saw this i was like i have never once considered why they're called safari
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so back I was trying to figure it out yesterday on stream. It was probably like 10 years ago when I was getting into fountain pens and started, you know, had my Lamy Safaris. And then you get into, hey, there's limited edition Lamy Safaris. Like, you know, there's been different orange ones and there's been like one, a blue one with a red clip that people called the Smurf Safari and things like that. And you tried to, you know, there was a whole like a field notes thing, right? Got to catch them all. Here's all these limited editions that happened. And could you acquire the very first safaris which were the most rare, which were the Safari green and the terracotta red? And this really reminds they were, me of field notes. Yeah, it really is. And like this was like ten years ago when I was looking at this, they were impossible to find and they were several hundred dollars if you could find them, uh, each. And, you know, they you know, you couldn't find them in original packaging, couldn't find them in original boxes, anything like that. So I'm pretty excited. That these are going to exist. It does bring up a lot of questions. Like, you know, should they rebuild or reissue the old, original, like very close. There are obviously some differences, some tiny, tiny differences in these models than the original. Like the, the nib markings are different and things like that. They used to not mark on the nibs way, way back in the day. But that doesn't really matter. They're pretty close. So... I'm certainly pro. Like, I can't reissues. think of any reason why not. Yeah, I can't either. But I think I don't think they'll have any pushback or anything like that. I think this is just kind of exciting for Lamy. To be honest, Mike, I'm a little bit surprised and shocked. Like I didn't know they had a reissue in them. I thought they might have yeah. a continuation special edition. Like if they're gonna do 40th anniversary, do something just really wild and funky or Something meaningful that relates to the entirety of the forty-year existence of the pen, not here's the, of uh, the first one uh, again. But like, I'm happy for it. I think these are amazing looking, right?
0: Yeah, it doesn't. They don't really feel like that kind of like nostalgic company. Um, but forty yeah. years is a long time, so I could imagine them doing it now, like. I, I don't really imagine that like next year they're also going to plumb the depths of the back catalog to release something
1: that they've done before um, yeah that was one of my follow-up questions yeah. should we expect more from Lamy's back catalog no, in the future I I, so. I I agree with you i agree Cause with they're you, a very
0: boy. creative company i think um mm-hmm. but it's you know they, that it's i believe their intent um and i think that they like to try and stay modern mm-hmm. um because these colors are definitely not they don't look of the now, as such. Right, right. Um, and so I can imagine them like continuing down the, their current path. Like I, I think mm-hmm. this is you know you say it's forty one. I'm sure they probably meant to release these last year. Sure, <laughs> or, you know, it's right. Just like what, we're going to get to that in a minute
1: do? on another product. Yeah, right.
0: And so like, it's just where they are with it. Um, I think it's super cool. I will be keeping my eye out for when they become available. I would like to bo- to pick up both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really keen to see what the inks are like,
1: if they have matching inks. That was a big question, because these are ideal for that, in my opinion, Yeah. right? These are not complex, complicated colors, I don't think, to make some cool matching inks, but I haven't seen anything pop yet. But if they're doing most of a lineup, right, they're not just doing fountain pens, they're doing rollerballs and ballpoints, no pencils, I would think they would pop in some inks, but it's a little interesting. They usually historically have sold those together, right? They come out as a group. So why would they release the pens and then the inks, you know, two months later? But I mean, that wouldn't stop them from selling the heck out just because people would buy it. I mean, myself included. So Um, I found it interesting that there's not inks yet, but I would love to see inks for both of these because I think that would be fantastic. In the show notes, we'll put some links to someone who had the original terracotta and savannah green um, that I found on Flickr, which is right. a name I haven't heard in a, quite a long time, but I found a cool photo set with some original pictures. They are, I mean, they look brand new, right? They look exactly like these. <laughs> they really do. If you had to pick only one color, Mike, which one would you go with? I would probably
0: go with the savannah green.
1: Why is that? Because I think that's exactly right. I think that's for for some reason this savannah green really sticks out. It seems it seems more vintagey now, forty years later. Well, yeah. Than I mean, the one, Terra Red.
0: Safari, I think of green. That green, right? Like that mm-hmm. is the safari colour, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're thinking of safaris, like what you imagine this is like a safari outfit or a Jeep. Is that kind of green color? And mm-hmm. also while I am like maybe more drawn to the terracotta, I have a lot of orange pens. Like if I'm yeah, only, maybe even though too. like I don't own a straight up orange safari. Same. Which is funny because they don't, you know, I don't even, I don't remember them even making one recently.
1: They've done one a long time ago. Yeah. But it might've been special edition.
0: But it's, so it's kind of like I would want to, if I'm only going to buy one of them, I would get. One that is really different to depends that I own. Yeah. I, I don't own a, a color even close to the Savannah green. Um, but my intention will be to try and pick both of these up because I don't expect them to be very expensive because
1: they're still uh, safaris. They are not. I have, I have pre-ordered mine. Oh, okay. Um, And I paid... So I bought...
0: Oh, yeah, look at that. They're on Fontapuma. They're like 20 euro. Yeah,
1: yeah. I bought two green and two orange. One set for me, one set to give away. And I think I've paid total international shipping and everything less than $100 U.S. Like, they're just, they're inexpensive pens. That's what's so beautiful about the Safari. It's just a dang good pen. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you say that about the green, too, because I feel exactly the same way, and I can't pinpoint why. But that Savannah green is killer. They're they're obviously both going to, they'll sell out. They're both killer. I mean, it's like 1A, 1B, right? But they're they're fantastic. So shop around. They're at a, they're starting to pop at all kinds of retailers now, um, and they're looking f- at a release in February. So mm-hmm. some sites do pre-orders. Some will just release them when they when they have them in stock. And um, yeah, the news is starting to spread. I'm thrilled with this. Um, I think it's going to be great. I like the fact that they're the same standard price as the traditional safaris have always been. There's there's no price increase, which it would be valid in this particular case. So thank you, Lami, for holding that line. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Question. Yeah. On these, uh, I don't think that
0: people would feel this way, but I wonder anyway. Do you think that there is any kind of like frustration amongst collectors?
1: Um, that was kind of what I was alluding to in the beginning. Yeah. In this ex. In this exact very specific case i would say no yeah because i don't know anyone that has them <laughs> like there's so you few did if you did you still have you still have the original version especially if you have the original boxes and packaging they had some unique uh, boxes back then and packaging if you haul had all that i think it's still an extremely special edition does it maybe take the luster off it Maybe a little bit, but that's from someone who wasn't going to buy the original anyway, right? Someone who wasn't going to pay. Like, we found one online yesterday that is actively for sale, one of the green ones, um, for $750, and it has a cracked cap. Like, that's how hard these are to find. They just don't exist. So, um, I don't think the collectors would be too upset because especially if you have the full the full packaging it's I don't it's it doesn't lose its luster at all I don't think
0: because you still have the it's still it's still you you still have the original right
1: like 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 if for some reason I was that person that decided like. I'm this this Uber collector and one of the great pens that I want in my collection is the original Lamy Safaris. I would be hundred percent still like willing to pay if I could track down like that mint condition, you know, nineteen eighty release with the packaging and stuff and pay like a large premium for that despite these new models being out.
0: Yeah, because the reason that they're like sought after is not because of what they look like, it's because they're old and rare. And yeah, reissuing them doesn't change the the rarity. At yeah.
1: All. And, yeah, and it was the first safari. Like you can't say that about these. You can say these are the colors of the first safari, but they're not the first safaris and like that, that's a that's a big gaping chasm of a difference.
0: Mm. All right, uh, let's take a break and thank our first sponsor of this week's episode, and that is Pen Chalet. Uh, they sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. And they sell from your favorite brands in all of the types of products that you're looking for. Um, they also sell lots of extras. You can get inks and converters, pen holders and carrying cases from Pen Chalet. And they stock brands like Pelican, Estabrook, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Kaweco. uh everything you're looking for, go to PenchLA to try and find it because they're always adding new products. Every month, they're adding new styles of pens. They're adding uh, lots of different accessories, and they do great discounts on them as well. Every two weeks, they're doing great discounts, which you can go and pick up. Penn have fast and reliable customer service. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States. And they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Shipping's great, too. That Estabrook that I ordered two weeks ago arrived today, which is kind of funny, really, because I've just been having... Just like everyone, shipping is a nightmare right now. So mm. I was very surprised We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's the topic for later on in the episode. <laughs> um, Pen Chalet have low prices on high-quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict for this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Pen Chalet. Uh, what is uh what has caught your eye this time, Brad?
1: There's something in here that I don't recall seeing before okay. being available on on Ron's uh Pinchelle page, and it's the Caran Dash eight forty nine claim your style ballpoint pen. Those are generally pretty expensive. You know I love the eight forty nine. I have my own eight forty nine and you know they aren't inexpensive pens to begin with mm-hmm. but the claim your style editions even have a premium just like the nespresso editions have a premium anything above their stock level 849s is that a for Karen Dash is still a pretty good premium and this is a discount on the claim your style edition two colors which i don't have any of those colors yet i have one of the edition one colors which i love um, which is one of the reason why i wanted to pursue uh, making one myself and um it's odd not odd it's it's good to see a discount on those because you rarely see it so if that's something you're interested in also the uh the conquering duraflex with its its flexible nib has been pretty popular. It's an inexpensive way to get into, you know, kind of a soft, a little bit more flexible nib. And the Diplomat Esteem Mad C. I have seen pictures of this, and I keep looking at it, going, "What is this pen? What is this pen?" Um, it's at a really, really crazy good price point right now. So, um, That's a wild looking pen. Yeah, very unique stuff. You know, I like my my bright bold color, So it it's it's no doubt that um these stand out to me.
0: Uh, Ron did also want us to mention um, a, a Retro 51 that they have uh, had <laughs> available, but I think it's Nyo. sold out now, which is a Retro 51 <laughs> Hubble, which was an exclusive to Pen LA. So when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the belief that we'd seen the last general uh, Retro 51 retro there would still be um some exclusives coming out which i guess is clear in the backlog this is one of them and uh it was on sale but I, I think it's gone now
1: yeah it was only 500 what's the what's the distance here i'm gonna get it wrong and i'm gonna get yelled at let me pull it up 547 547 kilometers high so there were 547 issued i love the design of this one i didn't order it i don't it very it. nice um but it's got the the different color nose cone. It's different color hardware on the front end and the back end. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't see that very often. Um, so I think that's a really really unique look. Obviously, it was gonna so sell out very quickly. So, um, I I love it. Um, you know, but too bad it's already gone by now. The
0: space ones have always sold fast.
1: That's kind of what they do best right Mm -hmm. this it just the way they design their pens space aerospace anything mechanical yeah anything mechanical is just always Mm -hmm. always looks Mm -hmm. exceptional and having almost like the a window into the space into space on the front end and, and the darkness and depths of space and the things you see with the you know panels and hardware of the machinery of the telescope, It, I don't know. It looks awesome. Like, if I was into this, that would be an insta-buy.
0: Um, but not, it isn't, because you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, it has uh, launched, and uh, it will not be returning yep. from orbit.
0: Uh, go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password Panadict to get your hands on the code that you need to save 10%. Anything on anything at any time at Pencialay, and to see this week's special offers. Our thanks to Pencialay for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. All
1: right, Mike, I um, I'm gonna talk about this article. It's like one of those things that I have balance. I was like, should we talk about this? Should we not talk about this? And the the answer is always to talk about it. And this is the eighty seven best pens. Blaze it by strategist UK, Mike. Eighty seven best pens by strategist uk if this sounds familiar mike hurley Mm -hmm. did you know that we had covered the strategist us version Uh um of their top 100 yeah i remember all yeah all the way back in 2018 it was didn't uh, they
0: choose the uh i had the baron fig pen right up there was that that one?
1: yes so that was the one with the baron fig squire was number one and that was pretty much the only good thing about that list, right? Like that was the thing where the Squire was number one, and it's like, okay, cool, I get that. Like that makes sense with what you're trying to sell me here on this well, list. Well, so everything else about York, the list, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> exactly. You're in New
0: York. You work in New York. You're in New York. (laughs) You'll always get covered by the New York media. This is something that you see all the time, and this is is the way. I say, great pen because there's a great refill, great body. We I own a couple. I love them, but it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I think that New York bias played helped them out.
1: Absolutely, but that was the least problematic part of that list, and I thought this was last year. It's all the way back in 2018, episode 335. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Is the
0: same reason I'm thinking it is we just did, like, the wire cutter or something. Yeah, probably. There was one re- very recently that we'd just gone through, and we were yeah. equally, I actually think, more frustrated with that one than yeah. any of the others.
1: Well, this one might win, Mike, for frustration level. It is one of the most sc- shot lists that I have ever seen and...
0: I don't get the point of 87. That's on, like, not just the round yeah. number, but just the number as high as it is. Number 86 is the Lamy Safari, which just... <laughs> these things, we're never going to be happy about them, right? They're never going right. to be what we want. Um,
1: because and, they're made for a specific reason.
0: Yeah, which is why the top 10, by and large, I'm actually pretty pretty good with because I, I can kind of see... How they've gotten to it? Yep.
1: So the top ten, we're gonna—I'll run them down real quick. So from ten to one. So number ten, the Parker Classic. That is essentially the longer, skinnier version of the Parker Jotter. Um, It'll—it will make sense why that's number ten when I get up to number five here. Number nine, Stabilo Perfect Glide 0.3 millimeter. It's a roller ball. Number eight, Stabilo Exam Grade. Number seven, Muji Gel Ink Ballpoint. 0.38 millimeters it's not a ballpoint but this is you know part of the larger broader issue yeah. number six Tombo fudenosuke brush pen we'll come back to that one number five is the cross classic century that's the um the standard issue gift pen by cross you know the skinny Uh, ballpoint pen that's the graduation gift that's why the parker classic i'm assuming is in at number 10 they they lean towards those pens number four is the edding one two five five calligraphy uh pen we are definitely coming back to that one (laughs) number three (laughs) is the edding 55 fine liner it's your traditional fine liner you know uh drawing pen number two muji gel ink 0.7 millimeter um, and number one, Stabilo Point eighty eight, which is another fine liner. So, oh boy, I don't want to spend too long on this. But when you have your number four pen, the Edding 1255 Calligraphy Pen as your number four overall pen, and it is a chisel tip marker. I don't know what you're doing with this list other than just farming affiliate links, which is totally fine. Well, I I think
0: it's like we tried it and this felt really fun, but no one's actually (laughs) using it to write with every day. And like, it's totally fine to have to try that out and be like, oh, this is fun. But nobody's writing with those. They're not for writing with and you're not doing calligraphy. I don't care what you're saying. You're not doing calligraphy. Right. Um,
1: And that's not the premise of this article. I don't believe. So that's why like having the Tombow brush pen at number 6 that's a favorite pen of mine like it would never be anywhere around like some of these other pens um the Muji gel ink pens are are funny to read number 2 and and number 7 because they talk about how well they write without mentioning that it's the same pilot and uniball refills that are like ranked in the forties and fifties and seventies of yeah, this list. But that's <laughs> we all fall for that. It's yeah. like, you know, um, The biggest outlier, the biggest thing that just makes you go, what is happening here with a list like this other than like I I wouldn't even read it if we if we we, if I didn't want to discuss it on the podcast because they put in something like at number 20. They put in the Molotov one for all marker. This is a paint pen, Michael. Mm. This is a paint pen like shake up with the agitator in the barrel paint pen it boggles the mind that this exists in an 87 best pens. Like it may be the number one paint pen right on the market, but that this is just shows me they're just throwing stuff together. Like the paint pen is ahead of like the pilot G2 and the Uniball vision yeah. and like every other good pen ever. Like a paint pen who is going to use a paint pen to write with. And that's the way they presented this. Nobody list. is. So, Cause that's the I thing. is it like,
0: I believe they've used these <laughs> pens. Um, sure, but they've got the pen and they've been like, "Oh, that feels nice," uh-huh. and then <laughs> anyway.
1: So that's wait, about all is, I have to say. It's funny.
0: What bleed through? What do they mean by this bleed through? I don't, I don't like, know. does it mean does a five mean it doesn't bleed through?
1: Um, it, that's correct. Right. Which but, a paint marker? I don't know if you're reading that one, but like a paint marker is designed to bleed through. Wait, oh, I haven't
0: seen what they gave the score for.
1: Uh, so they, they go through their whole 4.8? system. Come
0: on. <laughs> Come on. It doesn't bleed through when you do on a canvas.
1: <laughs> it's an emoji. Uh, they did them all in a Muji notebook writing the quick brown fox mic. And the Molotov paint marker is at number 20. <laughs> this slimmer, thinner, and more functional pen still requires shaking like a can of spray paint, and the strong scent as well as the satify- satisfying rattle is quite mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. It's not and, an like, everyday I don't pen.
0: Disagree with any of that. Like, but also the <laughs> the calligraphy pen's gonna bleed through and they gave it a five. Like I'm sorry, like look, as I said, like I don't have an issue with a lot of the stuff in the top ten. No. Because like the Stabulo point. It's a really fun pen to use every day. There are multiple of these in my home. Oh, absolutely. Because they're great. Like the same as the Muji pens. Like also great. Like uh, I don't like cross, but I know why it's in here. Um, The Parker Classic. I can kind of get on board with that because like, you know, it's fine. Uh, Like 11, the b handwriting pen. Fantastic. Fun pen to use every single day. You get real consistency. Like I understand why there are so many like uh brush pens in this list um yeah they're fun they're awesome because they're great to use the same as the felt tips like 24 paper mate flare oh so good to use like if you know you're not necessarily like us it's like yeah i get it but i do have an issue when just like these random things come in (laughs) here oh come on they They put the bit crystal at 32 i I i mean come on
1: i mean that's yeah I, so anyway, it's fun to poke fun at these lists. I mean, we're not taking it too seriously because it's just it doesn't it starts it stops making sense when you see some of these things and you just kind of go yeah whatever like and it's pen lists after about five or ten rankings like it's just a like a a crapshoot like it's all they're all What's the same the difference at some point
0: between the Fisher Bullet Pen and the Fisher Space Pen
1: uh nothing. Right,
0: because they're both on this list.
1: Yeah, I know. Fisher yeah.
0: Bullets at thirty-four, and Fisher Space Pen is uh, like at twenty. Shape of the Barrel, Mabel. Yeah,
1: shape Shape of the Barrel. I don't. Right. I don't okay. know what they're
0: doing. So there are some differences. It's not the exact same pen.
1: Same refill. So there's good anyway. stuff
0: in here for sure. It's not the worst list that we've seen by any stretch, yeah. but yeah. it also has its own set of eccentricities.
1: Yep, that make you as pen addicts. You have to you. We look at it differently. Like you have to question why is a paint pen ahead of like the G two and the Uniball Vision. And it reminds
0: me of and, the Visionaire being filled with that ink. <laughs> that, like, yeah, the India ink.
1: The India ink. Yeah. Higgins, Higgins, India ink. All right, so that's enough of that list. I thought that was uh, that was fun. It came up a bunch in my Twitter feed. I wanted to point it out, and then. I was like, do I even want to click this link? And, you know, I was going to click this link. And if I click the link, you know, I was going to have to mm-hmm. talk about it. So mm-hmm. here we are.
0: <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes, sir. I just started a new year, right? And right. I just wondered if there were any trends, like stationary trends or like predominant ideas that you were expecting to see Picked up on in the community or by larger retailers this year. Like, have you spent any time thinking about that? Is there stuff that you think is going, we're going to see in 2021, like along those kinds of lines?
1: Yeah, that was on my task list this week, honestly, to write about in depth. So I haven't put all my thoughts in. And it might be better to, we can explore this further or recap this next week when Great. I like put together everything. But I have some, some high points that. I wanted to discuss, and it ties in, one of them, the main one, or the obvious one, ties in with what we talked about in the beginning with Lamy um, and the reissuance of the Safari, and then I've gotten a bunch of tweets and emails because the, the Parker 51 that is being remade and reissued that we learned about last fall then it got pushed into February that's starting to come back around again so people wanted to know our opinions on that so I gave my opinions on the on the Parker 51 in episode 423 I'm not going to you know relitigate that whole thing but I got some grief for it um, I thought I was very fair in, in what I felt about the pin I my stance is that it's perfectly fine I wanted to see more right <laughs> like I thought they were sorry there I was just, a I letdown got, I
0: just got distracted by by Chris in the discord I have to read this I'm <laughs> sorry I'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> strategist's top five cars number one tesla number two a bicycle number three ford f350 number four toyota yaris number five ferrari la ferrari <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly right that is that is how the it's a non-context based list where like none of this relates to each other so that's mm-hmm. that's perfectly said i, apologize. I love that That's really good. So, um, you know, with the Parker 51, it's about to come back out, and, like, I'm for it. Like, I just – it doesn't excite me, right? I wanted – this was an opportunity for Parker to push the 51 forward was my stance, not re-litigate the old version. But here I I said at the top of the show, I'm pretty happy that, you know, Lamy's reissuing their pen. so it's a little bit of a hypocritical stance for me. But – I just think right, but, but that this there's is an a opportunity
0: 100 dollar pen.
1: Yeah, I think in, it's going to end up being just a little bit under 100, probably like at, 80 to 90.
0: And also the like we expect a new color from Lamy every year. Mm-hmm. And so like really all they've done like it's not like they've reissued a specific pen, it's just they've brought the color back for this year. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that there are quite a few differences between between the two's approach.
1: Yeah, and I th- I just think Parker left a lot on the table. I don't think Parker tried hard enough for this, is is my stance, right? Like, I think it's going to do fine. I think people are excited about it. It will probably sell well, but it's traditional colors with less features than the original. That's yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I know we said this before, and I'll just say it again, I guess for the people in the back. like I don't know why you would buy this new one when there are a million old ones to buy.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a new market, you know, to get into, you know, people don't necessarily want to go for a vintage pen, you know, and rightfully so in a lot yeah, of occasions. Yeah, but I don't. If they don't know how they work.
0: I don't know who's like new to pens and is like, ooh, give me that yeah. vintage looking pen. Like, I don't. Yeah. I'm not I, it's sure gonna that bring that back, market
1: exists. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be short selling. I think it's going to bring back a lot of good memories for a lot of people and sell very well. Oh, the, okay. The, okay. The problem is memories. I didn't told. Is what is it going to feel like? Is it going to feel like a ninety dollar pen? And I'm that's where my concern oh. lies. When you don't have any of that hardware in the barrel of the pen, like the the old vac fill, vacuumatic filler mechanism. Um, the the feel of the pen it has to be recalibrated and we'll just have to see if they did that for this or is it just going to be you know a very air light pen my what i wanted to see so i want to give them a little bit of slack that it's this release is less important than the next release of the parker 51 in my opinion because i want to see okay this is the introduction the reintroduction of the 51. What's next? Is nothing next? Well, then I think it was a letdown and I think Parker is missing an opportunity. If there's something next that takes this, what they're re-releasing and then moves it into 2020 with give me an all-black Parker 51. Why why not? Mm-hmm. You know? So what can you do with the barrel materials? Give me a striped barrel with the chrome cap. Give me something that says the Parker 51 is just as cool in 2020 as it was in 1950. And then I'll get excited about it. Right now, like, I'll try it. I'll test it out. But I'm not, like, you know, jumping through the screen to grab one. It's, I just think, I don't know. I personally wanted more from this. That said, I think it's going to do extremely well. So, back to your question, 2021 trends. Well, there's two pens right there, Mike, that are pulling from the archives the mm-hmm. Lamy Safari, the Parker 51. We're seeing Esterbrook with the JR. So, they, when they recreated and rethought the brand, they took the brand and made a modern pen in the SD. Now they're looking back saying, okay, what can we do? Like, we did good with the SD, it's a completely new reimagining of the Esterbrook. Yeah. What can we do with the JR? And they made some night. They made four of the JRs designed to fit the old vintage nibs, and they made is them in a modern JR? style. I just always mm.
0: assumed it was Junior.
1: Uh, maybe I, well, the prob I call it JR because the original was the J. Mm. So I'm continuing that. Yeah, that but makes it, sense. I, I could be incorrect. Um. So I think it's the J reimagined is actually maybe what it's supposed to mean so again this is like though I said with the Parker 51 I want to see what round two for this pen is going to be because it's fine as it is but I think there's room to grow there and there's options to have there so I would like to see that um the next thing I haven't thought out completely and it's a little bit controversial and it goes a little bit against the things I believe in. And I think God, I don't know how to say this without getting in trouble. I think I'm gonna get yelled at for this. Awesome. I love my wild pens as far as colors and materials go. But I think we're getting close to saturation.
0: Oh, Definitely.
1: For everything is wild. Yeah. And I'm a proponent of everything is wild. Like, that's what I like. Give me all your wild materials. Give me all your primary manipulations. Give me all your glitter pens. Give me all your neon pink pens. But now it's
0: everywhere. At a
1: certain point, wild becomes lazy. Right. So I don't know... If there, is... there'll be a new wild. Like that's what you have
0: got to look out for. That that the people that are truly skilled and talented uh, mm-hmm. in these fields of like coming up with these really interesting um, barrels. Yeah. So like here's here's one I'll I give as an example. I know I mention them a lot, and and but it's just like the the, the most recent um, canalea pens have that depth to them, mm-hmm. which is new. Right. And I wouldn't say that that is like, oh, that's completely wild and like, you know, it's going to change the industry. But my point is that Mm -hmm. like they are like materials, blanks that have a different look to them than some of the Mm -hmm. other stuff that I've seen before. And I expect that that is just, that's what has to happen. Right. That like when Jonathan Brooks came on the scene, right, he just Mm -hmm. upended everything. Because it was like, what is going on over there? And then yeah. it that te- that became like a trend in our part of the industry for a while. And right. whether it's Jonathan or someone else, there's would need to be a change. I mean, like for Jonathan Brooks specifically, I think that like Arushi is where he is mm. doing his interesting work now.
1: Right. Right. But that doesn't scale. Right? Doesn't scale. No. So Wild scales and. It has. And I think, I don't know that we're at peak yet, but I think we're going to start. Someone is going to have to come in and do something different. You got to like, it can still be wild. Yeah. But there's going to have to be. And there's a lot of makers on the market now that I think have the ability to lead us into like the next design features Mm -hmm. or the next materials. So. I think this might be a reckoning year. Like, I have enough wild pens, right? I can only get so many more unique material pens, and probably. And, but like, probably three out of the last four or five pens I've bought have been like what I would consider like the wild pens, you know, just the crazy materials, you know, either from Montegrappa or from Leonardo. Or from Brooks or anything like that. Like, that's cool. That's what I love. But I think we're going to hit a cap here on that. So 2021 is going to have, I'm hoping it brings something new mm. as far as, um, and it, it, it could be a small change, right? These things don't move like in, in wild directions, right? We're not going to like have an upheaval. But what is going to be the thing that's going to push those a little bit further? Yeah. Because we all enjoy seeing them. We all enjoy using them. They make the best Instagram photos. At some point, I have five of them and I don't need any more.
0: Yeah, yeah. The The, the original reason, one of the original reasons that these things became so popular is because they were so different. Mm-hmm. And if we have too many of them, it's not different anymore. Right. It's different so- for people coming in to the hobby, right? Absolutely.
1: And you have to think about that. That's mm -hmm. why the Parker 51 is going to do well. Mm -hmm. Because one of the traps I fall into is just looking at it from my perspective and not a universal perspective.
0: Right. Because you're like oversaturated in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So those are the two main 2021 I don't even know if you'd call them trends, but like the, the everything old is new again. Like that's always a common trend. Right. And it's a lot of times it's really good. Like I like, I like the everything old is new again. Right. I like the vintage stuff and modernizing that type of thing. And then discovering, you know, is twenty one twenty twenty one 2021 going to see a corner turned in extreme materials and I, I, I still have to work on how to I- expand on those thoughts. But yeah, I think you got the gist of what I was, I was getting at today.
0: All right, this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider that you would go with? Unfortunately, some people have very little choice because ISPs have a lot of controls in the regions that they're in. Uh, and then without that choice, you kind of lose some control. And this is where you could end up having things that you don't want. So like data caps, throttles on streaming, and even uh, logging your information to sell to companies to advertise against you. This is a thing that happens and you can protect your devices of ExpressVPN, which means the ISPs can't see your activity. I use ExpressVPN. Um, I really recommend it. It's a very, very great service. I've been using it for years. Whenever I want to use uh, a Wi-Fi connection and want to make sure, like if I'm not sure about it, then I will use ExpressVPN um, and if you are in a situation where you feel like you're unsure of what your ISP could be doing, this is a great use of ExpressVPN. So the way that it works is it encrypts all of your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server. This means that nobody can see your activity. It's super simple to use. You can get an app for your computer or smartphone. You just one click and you're connected. And it's also simple for you to change the location. So like you can you can basically trick the internet in making you think that you're somewhere that you're not. And that means you could access content that you might not otherwise be able to access and get around geo restriction stuff, which can also be a great use. Just think of how much of your life is on the internet. Every site that you visit, every video you watch or it could all be tracked by ISPs or other tech giants who could sell your information. You don't want that, right? If this is something that you want to prevent against, you should use ExpressVPN. It is the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. Just download the app, tap that one button on your device, and you're protected. ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. This is why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who may uh, mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN that I trust to keep myself private online. That is ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That's p r e slash penaddict to get three extra months for free. So that's one last time, expressvpn.com/slash pen A thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and relay fm.
1: We have some interesting Ask TPA this week, Mike. Okay. The lead, the lead question is interesting. Mm. And then we have some, some more in-depth traditional Ask TPA. Okay. But us makers and retailers in the US were caught off guard by some postal service changes and we have questions about that um, Mm -hmm. specifically from the aforementioned uh, Mr. Jonathan Brooks. And then I copied in an email that I got. Um, So Jonathan's question is, do
0: you think that the new UK VAT system will have an effect on small makers selling to the UK? So basically in a nutshell, there are some new rules around uh, customs and tax here. And anything under the value of £135, pounds, makers from outside of the United Kingdom now need to start charging tax. VAT is value-added tax that we pay on everything in the UK. The government, Our government wants uh, companies from overseas to be collecting this tax and then paying it to the UK government on a quarterly basis. Now, a lot of people don't want to do this because they're kind of like... I don't care, right, about (laughs) you and your rules. Um, Ultimately, I think what we're going to see is a lot of people moving to larger platforms. So if you use something like Etsy or eBay to sell your products, you don't have to worry about this because Etsy and eBay will do it for you. I could imagine companies like Shopify Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to enable this if it becomes a problem In the future, there is actually, I think, a pretty understandable reason for this, because obviously we've left Mm -hmm. the European Union now, right? So Mm -hmm. everything coming into the UK now has to go through customs. So I think what the thinking is, is they put this in place to try and stop a lot of stuff going through customs, because the idea is if you are charging VAT, it doesn't need customs inspection, just flies through. Mm-hmm. And then anything over 135 pounds will still go through the customs uh, route to make sure that everything's been done all above board. So I think mm-hmm. that's why it's happening, right? That that this has been put in place so it reduces the amount of increase on the Border Patrol and the customs force because otherwise nothing's ever going to get through, right? Like if literally <laughs> every parcel is now going through this system. Yeah. Um, I think in the short term there's gonna be some disruption. I think companies will stop uh shipping to the UK. I've already seen it, honestly. Um but there are some companies that I've seen, smaller companies, that basically have and I don't mean this in a bad way, but have decided I can't be bothered to read this or like to deal with this, because you know, you like a lot of these are like admittedly very small makers. So, it's kind of like, I don't want to have to deal with whatever this new stuff is. So, I'm just going to turn it off for the foreseeable future. Like, you can't ship to the UK. Right.
1: So, let me simplify what this new stuff is from the perspective of a small maker. So, let's Mm -hmm. take Nock, for example. Yep. And Mike goes to Nock and Mike would like to purchase a Sinclair. That's Mm -hmm. 40 US dollars, which is well under the 135 pound limit. So, Mike is going to pay, has already been paying shipping which has gone increased in the last couple of years. So that $40 product is going to cost him at least $15, 16 to ship. And then I have to tax him 20 more percent mm-hmm. on that $40. So he's going to pay additional 20% and he's going to pay the shipping. Or he, he he he's going to think about paying 20 more percent and think about paying the shipping. So then on my side, so Mike completes that transaction, he gets... He gets his case. I ship it. So on my side, I will have a bucket of funds of 20% that -hmm. I've charged to the UK that I now have to send to the UK. I have to go register my business with the UK, collect these funds at the time of purchase, and then ship off those funds to the UK VAT registrar uh, each quarter so that's an additional overhead for me to track and me to to siphon mm-hmm. off like there's no cost to me other no. than mike deciding not to purchase right that would be a cost of a lost sale and then the time it would take me to manage the books um which in my case would actually be pretty small but you know when you tack on lots of pretty smalls onto something that's already got a lot of Pretty small, you know, it, it just it's just more things. The other issue is we weren't made aware of this until like two days ago. <laughs> like this was news to me. I didn't realize this on January 1st until I got an email from stamps.com. Yeah. On two days ago, on January eleventh, I get an email that says effective January 1st, you need to be collecting all this stuff. I was like, Yeah, whoops.
0: Well, there was a lot of obviously to the minute. I mean, I will say that there is also an element of, like, people, companies in other countries just not, like, caring to pay attention because was, there was going to be changes, yeah, 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 yeah. right? Um, and anyone that that was aware of it knew that something was coming, but it is not your... Uh, uh, well, it kind of is your responsibility, but not, like, uh, emotionally or, or logically your responsibility to you have to care about what's happening in every country all over the place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I expect will happen is, like, it really is up to the maker. If you sell to the United Kingdom a lot, you should do this because otherwise you're not going right. to be able to do it. If you don't...
1: And hope your customers are going to want to pay the tax.
0: Well, but, the, but this is, the thing is, though, Brad, we already are, right, in a lot of cases. Like, when you're hearing people complain to you about customs fees, it's this mm.
1: 20%. Gotcha. It's just coming late later in the chain. This is now it's coming earlier in the chain.
0: Yeah, but also it could be. I mean, I don't know how it's going to go exactly, but could end up being less because mm-hmm. it we won't have to pay the customs handling fees anymore on on these items,
1: right? Because they won't be right. handled by
0: customs. So, so, from
1: from your perspective, you would not necessarily consider me charging you the 20% VAT because you're assuming you're going to get it somewhere. I might as well just get it now.
0: Yeah. And also, I mean, as someone from the United Kingdom, I see VAT on everything. Right. Right. Like I go to stores and it's like, here's the price. And then you go to checkout sometimes and it tells you plus 20% VAT or... Mm -hmm. You see it in the on the product page or whatever. Like we're used to paying VAT, right? Okay. And if it does mean that the you don't have to uh, pay the customs fees, and I don't have to wait the extra time for -hmm. these items, like that feels like a net win to me as a customer because, like, I'm still paying the same amount of money that I'm paying, Mm -hmm. and so you know, it's just like. I, as a person in the UK, hello, here's me, I really want all of the companies that I buy from, please do what you have to do here. I know it's frustrating. I know it's annoying. And I do expect over time it's going to get easier for a number of reasons. I think the process will get easier or the process will change. The process will probably change. Mm -hmm. And or there'll be companies, platform vendors, that try and make it easier for their customers. Because, like, eBay and Etsy. I've already seen a lot of makers move stuff over to Etsy for the UK for like the UK stores because they will take it as part of the payment processing. So I would really, I would be surprised if a company like Shopify or Stripe didn't just do come up with a product for this where Mm -hmm. they're just like, hey, you as our customer, don't worry, we'll charge the twenty percent. And you'll just never see it, mm-hmm. and we'll just pay it to the u k government for you, yep, so but here I don't
1: know, that's what I would like here to see. is my thought that I think this is not gonna be as big a deal in the end. Number one, your statement on you've you're gonna pay this somehow that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. number two, the companies in the u s already pay state taxes individually by county that is far more complex than a single vat tax collection so for example knock right. is based in georgia for each county in georgia there's georgia has the most counties in the u.s it's like 153 counties in the state each of them has a different tax rate that since i'm a georgia business oh i have to God. file file individually annually. i only have to do it annually thank goodness So, And not every county buys from me, but by the end of the year, I'll have, say, 30 individual county taxes that I have to file specifically. If you tell me I have to file one VAT tax quarterly, (laughs) that's nothing. So imagine a larger company, how much they're already filing. This is not going to be a big deal.
0: No, because like I'm only hearing this as an issue from small companies. Like large yeah. companies, there's no, there's not going to be a change. I expect this is going to be very bumpy for the next mm-hmm. couple of months mm-hmm. because there's going to be stuff that's sent before this happened. Even though technically that's okay, but like, when did the purchase occur? You know, like I'm in on a bunch of keyboard products that I bought like six to eight months ago. Well, like. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen more? Like, there's going to be issues for a while. I, I know yeah. this. There's going to be a bumpy period where, like like you, or like many people now listen to the show, this is the first time they've ever heard of this. Yeah, right? I haven't
1: turned anything on on any of my sites yet.
0: No. And so, like, there's... And my understanding is the process to apply is not that simple.
1: <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's It's terrible in Georgia, so I wouldn't yeah. expect anything less. And I imagine it's getting overrun right now. Yeah, and I actually... I just need to start collecting any fees.
0: Yep, so you can do all of the registering and I don't mean, I don't know, and I assume it's going to be tricky and it's not going to be simple and you're going to have to provide all this documentation and blah, blah, blah. But it's just going to become part of doing business with the UK. Um It's mm-hmm. up to you as a maker if you want to do that. But I, you know, we're a decent economy. I know it's annoying. It's annoying for all of us. Um But as I said, I think... I think you as a company, you already know if it's worth it for you. How right. Do you have a lot of UK customers? If you don't, then what's the point? Don't worry about it. If you do, it's probably time to start talking to your accountant and doing some filing.
1: Right. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I was thinking at it more from a negative from the UK customer base you're, when in fact, you are going to
0: have to do some customer education, Brad. To, sure. But, sure, sure. And, and we do need to see that I'm right in my theory. But you, what we're not going there may be a customs handling fee still, but you're not going to have sure. to pay the, the VAT because that's what we're paying. When people complain to you mm-hmm. about customs, they're paying the VAT and then they're paying a fee on top of it. And, yeah. you know, so you might have to explain, well, like, you know how you have VAT on everything you buy in the UK, well, it's the same mm-hmm. here now, too. Okay. And my, my my thinking on a lot of this sort of stuff remains anyway, that, like, once you've done the currency conversion, because of the way that our economies are structured, the price is, like, the same as if you were a UK company selling it here right. anyway, most of the time, right? Like, right. what is a $20 case is a £20 case if you were based in this country, right? right? Like. And so, considering that there is differences between the economic, like between the currencies of the countries, like a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, it comes out in the wash, right? Where it's like, if you want to see what I'm saying, uh, look at like technology products; they're always more expensive here, and that's why because they're adding the taxes on and adjusting for currencies. So, you know, it's a it's a short term frustration. But we've, you know, this is this is this is the world my country is in now. Like we are our own island again. And I was gonna say for good and ill. I don't know if I don't think there's any good. If there's any good, it surely hasn't (laughs) shown itself to me yet. Uh, For ill and ill, this is just where we are. Um, And we're gonna, I guess, have to drag everyone along, kicking and screaming now. If you, (laughs) if people want to continue doing business with us.
1: Yep. So this is a bigger conversation and a good conversation for this show because of how pen Attic shop, right? We shop with a lot of smaller businesses and larger businesses and have a lot of UK customers if we're mm-hmm. businesses, you know, around the world. Um, so yeah, I, I. this might be boring, but I think it's an interesting conversation because we're seeing some changes just in how... These types of things are handled and you might see some changes on your favorite websites. Um, So just it's more of a heads up. Um, I have some work to do on my side. I'm not pulling anything. I will just eat whatever taxes I have until, you know, it's completely set. It's not that big of a number to have to worry about for me. Um, But other people might need to, like, step it up and and do something quickly because, um, honestly, these types of things usually don't catch me off. Usually, I'm usually, like, ahead of the game on this one. This one caught me off.
0: Well, yeah, it's because it was, like, something was going to happen, right? Because it had to. Because...
1: It's not, but it's not going to affect my numbers enough for me to panic and like pull down UK UK sales. Like I can deal with UK sales until like I put in the twenty percent, yeah, you know, type of things. Not a big deal.
0: It's just a case of like if you if you're a company and you sell, well, maybe stop for a bit, work out what you got to do, and then resume
1: it. Yep, yep. But anyone in the U.S. who deals with state sales taxes, this is no different. Um, in some cases, like in mine, it'll be simpler. In some cases, it'll be exactly the same, like a one-stop shop. So, right? Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, I feel a little bit better after talking to you about it, and you know, realizing how it affects me directly, um, because that's really what it's all about, Mike. Um,
0: of course, all mm. is the pen addict. You are the pen addict. <laughs> so, like, it's just what? What? How are you doing? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, part of the pen addict is answering Ask TPA. I think we're just gonna have to take uh, a at least half an episode next week to handle our Ask TPA questions because we have some really good ones that I want to spend some time on. Yeah. So I think we're at the point now where we just move these to next week and then mm-hmm. I'll probably build up a big batch of STPA TPA and nice. just do one of our big catch-up episodes Sounds for good Ask me. TPA next week and some follow-up on some other things, some new so, product talk, I'm sure, and all that good stuff.
0: If you do have a question that you want to get in, there's a bunch of ways to do it. You can send out a tweet with the hashtag Ask TPA. If you're a FM member, you can use the RelayFM members' Discord. Just use question mark Ask TPA and you can submit your question anywhere. Probably in the Pens channel is probably the best place for it. But you can choose. It's up to you. Um, you can email us at hello at PennAddict.com. I say us. I mean Brad.
1: Uh, <laughs> true that is true yeah
0: That's. These are the ways you can get in touch if you have any questions you'd like us to ask any topics you'd like us to expand upon send them in we'll, we'll do some we'll do many more next week we were supposed to do a lot today but then Jonathan yeah. sent me this question and then Brad pasted all that stuff in and then I spent more time than I would have wanted yeah. to over the last 12 hours trying to make sense of this and, and I, th- I think we kind of got to a point where I've been able to work it out yeah uh, until then, you can find our show notes for this episode at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 444. You can find Brad at the Pen Addict, at penaddict.com, knock.co, spokedesign.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash penaddict. Uh, Brad is penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet and ExpressVPN for the support of this show. And most of all, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad.
1: Goodbye, Brad.